Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime. That's good. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been a bit crazy, but all good. (laughs) (laughs) All good. Oh no, crazy. Actually not. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> what else? <was> <laughs> Nothing fun to share? No, not really. Not I do really have either. something a tiny bit fun. Oh yeah. Yesterday I went up to Mornington. Oh yeah. And I went to this place that's called the Whiny Cow. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend it. The coffee is amazing and they have a little dog menu. Oh, that's cute. Well, pup. So Victor loved it. What did he have? He had, um, I think it was like some lamb bone. <laughs> you, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> this thing was huge. Actually, maybe I'll post a photo. And he couldn't eat it. Like he's one of those dogs that he can't just sit and eat a bone. He has to like walk around with it for ages and he cries yeah. with it and he tries to hide it. Is that what Olive does? Yeah, Olive's the same. Yeah. So he was like, what is this and where can I take it? And I'm yeah. like, no, just eat it, like, you know. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. But, um, yeah, it kept him entertained for a little bit and then when we left, I actually just gave it to another lady who had a dog. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, I'm not taking this home with me. It's yeah. going to cause too much hassle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um. But, yeah, but other than that, nothing else. No, not really. No. Yeah, no. I'm about the same. Yeah. I did actually – wait, I've got one more funny thing to tell you. Today I was at another cafe and in – I was actually downstairs. You know at Collins Square, like the Mr. Collins downstairs? hmm They've got, like, candles in, like, the front window and on top is a candle. And I'm thinking it's there so you can smell it. Oh, no. So I pick it up yeah. and tip it to sniff it and I'm not <laughs> kidding. It was on and I got wax everywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> Only you, I swear. I know. Dan- I was with Danny and she lost it. She could not stop laughing. And then we had to like, oh, it was so bad. She actually cleaned my whole jacket because it was just like wax. wax. Everywhere on, and it, I don't even got on my scarf, got on my purse, got in the zip holes. Like it was, oh, <laughs> it was a nightmare. Oh, but so yeah, that, that's probably my two stories for the week. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have anything. <laughs> well, that sucks. But we can dive right in because again, the big case this week. It is. Yeah, let's do it. So, all right, let's go. Is this young woman responsible for her boyfriend's suicide? Michelle Carter is accused of sending her boyfriend, Conrad Roy, a series of text messages urging him to take his own life. It's time, babe. You know that, Carter wrote. You gotta do it. You're ready. Roy responded, okay, I will. No more thinking. Yes, no more thinking. You need to just do it, she wrote back. Just park your car and sit there and it will take like 20 minutes. It's not a big deal. Attorney Aaron Keller of LawNews.com. The prosecution has to be able to prove that the text messages pushed the victim over the edge in this case, or she walks. Conrad Roy's body was found in his grandfather's Ford pickup truck outside Boston in July 2014. Cause of death, carbon monoxide poisoning. He was just 18. 
What motive would Michelle Carter have to push her boyfriend to kill himself? According to the prosecutor, she wanted people to feel sorry for her. Defense lawyer Joseph Cataldo disagreed that Carter was responsible. Conrad Roy was on this path to take his own life for years. The dead man's family looked shocked as Carter's best friend took the stand Wednesday and read a text she sent hours after Roy ended his life. I do blame myself. It's my fault. I was talking to him while he killed himself. I heard him crying in pain. I should have known I should have did something. This case is unique because it attaches to conduct that only involves words. It's not truly conduct. Okay, so this week we'll be discussing the Michelle Carter and Conrad Henry Roy III case. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the reasons we decided to do this case was, so a series has just aired on Stan. I think it actually finished up this week and it's a scripted drama and it's called The Girl from Plainville. Mm -hmm. Have you watched any of it? Yeah, I've watched it, but I haven't finished it yet. I'm Um, the same. But I did watch the other, like the actual documentary on it, on this case. First. Yeah, exactly. I love you. I love you now. Die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I watched that as well. I stopped watching the girl from Plainville because you know what? I get scared with scripted dramas. It's actually very accurate. Yes, it is. It's it's like everything they say in court is like exactly the same. The outfits are the same. It's very very accurate for a fictional thing. Okay, because you, you know what I noticed in the first. Um, episode the first few episodes which we're going to get into like obviously the story in a moment but he's got another girlfriend and I find myself googling like does this girl actually exist and I was like you know what I'm going to get too caught up in little Mm. details so I'm definitely going to finish watching it I think I'm about three episodes in and I'll definitely finish watching it after we've um recorded this episode yeah Yeah, no it's very accurate oh good well that's so good to hear because sometimes they're just like way off you know yeah exactly okay but so let's get into a little bit about Conrad so Conrad was known to his family as Coco, like that was like his nickname. And he was born September 12th, 1995 in Mattaposet, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. He was the eldest child to Conrad Jr. and Lynn Roy. And uh, he had two younger sisters. Yeah. So his mum has said that he was really happy growing up. He was always laughing and smiling, but he did have a real, like, sensitive side. And he seemed close to his mum. Yes, very close to his mum, yeah. And his friends described him as funny, flirty, and he was a bit of an athlete as well. Yeah. So there was a bit of a change in his teenage years. Um, From a young age, he suffered and struggled with social anxiety and depression. And he regularly saw therapists and counsellors. So according to court documents, Conrad had actually been physically hit by his father and verbally abused by his grandfather. Yeah, this was only one incident though. I mean, not that I'm I'm trying to um, make it. Yeah, make it seem, yeah, okay. But I think it was only one incident where it was actually, I mean, it could have happened more times, but one reported incident. Yeah, that the police were called. Yeah. But that makes me think that maybe other times it just didn't get as physical, you yeah. know? Yeah. But you just don't know. So in October 2012, at just 17, Conrad was hospitalized for a paracetamol overdose. Yeah. So 
he's really lucky that he was actually talking to a girl that he had met in group. Yeah. And he had obviously told her what was going on and she had called the police. Mm. So it's said that his parents' divorce may have been the trigger. And apparently he tried to commit suicide four times. Yeah. Yeah. And this was just one of those times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So his family owned like a marine salvage business called Tucker Roy Marine Towing and Salvage, Inc. (laughs) I'm going to put that ink in there. Um, And he worked there part-time throughout high school with his father, grandfather and uncle. So in the spring of 2014, he actually earned his sea captain's license by completing night classes and he dreamed of like taking over the family's business. So mm. it shows that he was putting, I guess, he was taking the steps to make that happen, you know? Yeah. So that same year he graduated on the honours roll. So he got like the highest grades mm-hmm. um, for his class and um, from the old Rochester Regional High School. So I guess this shows that, like, not only was Conrad smart, but he was, as I said, he was a standout athlete. So he played baseball and he was obviously, like, really good at baseball. Also, he was on the rowing crew and he ran track and field. So Conrad was accepted into university to study business, but at that point he decided not to go. I think he was just going to spend, like, the time working with his family, uh, like, on his family's business and stuff. Yeah, like, what was the point, really? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it does seem like everything shows or points to that he had a lot going for him. And a bit of ambition. Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. So Conrad met his girlfriend, Michelle, in 2012 while they were both on family vacation in Florida visiting relatives. Mm-hmm. So I just want to talk a bit, a little bit about Michelle. So Michelle Carter was born on August 11th, 1996 in Massachusetts to Gail and David Carter. She was a super cute blonde. I have to talk about her eyebrows (laughs) because I feel like they're just so prominent. Like how could you not mention them? Yeah, yeah. So she does have like wild eyebrows. People like call them little caterpillars. (laughs) Um, And as I said, I'm not trying to be savage, just trying to give you a visual. That's what she's Um, known for. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Because, you know, originally when I wanted to do this case, and I was like, what's her name? I was like, girl with eyebrows. eyebrows. Like, that came up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she didn't, it's reported she didn't have like a super close friendship group. Yeah, almost like she didn't really have any friends at all. Yeah, like she, I feel like she just, I think she had friends because she played softball, but I don't think they were close. They were just like, like friends at school. So from my understanding, she had school friends, but they didn't really hang out with her out of school, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And she was described as a little bit of like an attention seeker. Mm. And also like she just wanted to please everyone. Yeah, and I think the people at school s- saw that. You know, yeah, like, saw through that, yeah. Yeah. 100%. But I did find it really interesting that she's actually voted. Like you know how they do like school votes or whatever? She was voted as person most likely to make your day better. Hmm. So I think she was just like turkey and happy (laughs) kids. But she seemed, yeah, I guess like mm, she was voted that. So who knows, you know? Yeah. 
So even though Michelle and Conrad only lived, I think they lived like less than an hour apart because remember they met in Florida, they had only seen each other a handful of times like in the course of their two-year relationship. Apparently plans just sort of kept falling through. Yeah, like they'd always like plan to meet and then they would never go through with it. Yep. And it's all also really important to note that from my understanding, the families, as in both sets of parents, didn't actually know that they were in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. So this didn't stop their relationship from becoming really intense, like really fast though. So both experienced mental health problems and the two were in constant contact like via uh, calls, texts and emails. Yep. So they exchanged thousands of messages with lots of them being like on serious topics like Michelle's experience with an eating disorder. Uh, And she had developed that when she was like eight or nine and she was also a cutter. Mm. And Conrad obviously discussed his struggles with anxiety and depress- depression. Yeah. So Michelle repeated, repeatedly discouraged Conrad from attempting suicide and encouraging uh, encouraged him to get like professional help, telling him things like "You have so much to live for." Yeah, and wasn't there a point in time where she said to him, "I kind of want you to try and fail so you get professional help." Yeah. Yeah. Like she was really like, I, I feel like at that one stage she had actually gone to like get help for herself and she's like, why don't we go here together? Like she was really like constantly trying to like push him to chat with someone. Yeah. Um. So there was a time that Conrad suggested to Michelle that they act like Romeo and Juliet mm. and both kill themselves. Um, and he had said, like, we should be like Romeo and Juliet. And, like, that's what he had texted her, right? Mm. At, but he had written at the end, but I don't think Michelle picked up on that. And she replied, I'd love to be your Juliet. Yeah. And then he wrote, you know what happens in the end, right? In which Michelle shut it straight down saying, oh, no, like, we're not dying. Yeah. So there are some other messages uh, that include like Michelle telling Conrad, I'm trying my best to dig you out with Conrad replying, I don't want to be dug out. Mm. And another one was like, you aren't going to get any better on your own. You need professional help like me. So there's actually quoted like texts that she sent him. Yeah. So on July 13th, 2014, Conrad spent the day with his mum and sisters. They walked the beach together and um, his sisters have said that, like, he was in really good spirits but he was a little bit distracted by his phone. Like, he was quite, he was texting, like, a lot of the time. So that evening, Conrad tells his mum that he's going to go out to hang with friends and he didn't know what time he would be home and if he'd been, like, home in time for dinner. Yeah. Instead, he drove his pickup truck to a local Kmart. So the car park was empty and he attached a water hose to his exhaust pipe and filled the car up with carbon monoxide. Mm. So Conrad Roy III died of carbon monoxide poisoning in his truck that night and he was only 18 years old. Yep. 
So Michelle not being able to get a hold of Conrad, like I'm guessing it's like late that night, early morning. She actually was like calling around looking for him. She even called his sisters. Like, you know, have you heard, do you know where your brother is sort of thing? She had texted him as well several times over the course of the night but could not reach him. Yep. His sister like doesn't seem to be like, wasn't too worried about him. And she thought it was weird, though, that Michelle was calling her as she didn't even know that, like, Conrad and Michelle were a thing. Yeah. Michelle, on the other hand, had a really bad feeling. And this is, like, in the days leading up to July 13th. Yep. And she'd been texting her friends, like, and this is quote, so this is a text she sent to her friend. He just called me and there was a loud noise, like a motor, and I heard moaning like someone someone was in pain and he wouldn't answer when I said his name I stayed on the phone for like 20 minutes and that's all I heard Mm. so it's like a text she sent to her friend yeah so the next morning Conrad's mum reports him missing and he is found in the Kmart like parking lot later that day and his death is ruled a suicide yeah so Conrad had actually, this is so sad, left notes for his family and Michelle, like, in his bedroom. And I'm quite sure, like, he's also in his notes, he's referred to, like, his passcodes. Like, he's, he's like, organised. Like, this is where you can find, like, you know, my phone uh, pin and, like, my password to my email or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know why he would want people to see his stuff. Maybe he just thought if they need to, like, access something or I don't know. Yeah. So Michelle was devastated, even texting his mum and the family, like, supporting messages, uh, like, you didn't fail him, stay strong, I'm here for you. (laughs) I thought this was, and I think this really was, like, a bit of a red flag for them. She had asked for some, like, I think she had asked his sister's, for some of his ashes. Yes. Yeah, that's freaking weird. It is weird, yep. isn't it? Yep. And she also asked, like, I think she'd wanted to go through his bedroom or she asked for, like, any items of his from his bedroom. Uh, so she was really, like, I guess it's hard because she's young at the mm. same time. Like, she's only 17. So I guess if she's never really dealt with this sort of thing, but I do find that a red flag, you know? Yeah, yeah. So his funeral was held six days later. So this is on Saturday, July the 19th, 2014, and this was in his hometown. So Michelle did attend his funeral. Yeah. Yep. Michelle also arranged a tribute baseball tournament for Conrad over in her hometown, but she was not happy at all when Conrad's friends, like, got involved and wanted to move it over to their hometown. Yeah. She even messaged, like, his friend, like, worried, like, saying, you're not going to try and take all the credit yeah. for this when this was originally my idea, like, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Which I find bizarre because why would that be the thing on your mind, Yeah, you know? Yeah, and apparently the the friend, like, his friends were, like, so confused as to why she was doing it in her town. When no you know, one she, knew him there. Yeah, no one knew. And she just invited, like, her friends and... Yeah. And, and I'm quite sure there's actual photos on social media um, that are used in the trial of her like smiling at on the day. Like she's like center of attention. Like yeah. she's sort of like soaking in yeah. the attention, you know? Yeah. 
So at some stage when the police were wrapping up their reporting, like on the whole, uh, like on Conrad's suicide, they noticed some odd activity on Conrad's phone. Apparently it's not even common for the police to collect the phone in a suicide, but by chance they did. Imagine if they didn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and But you know what? The parents, I feel like, would have seen the messages. Yeah. Yeah. But, but in saying that, like, I think they were just like they did find it not odd, but they were like, like he's eighteen. He had so much going for him. I think they were just curious as to like what was going on in his life that could cause this. Mm. So yeah, as I said, by chance they look at his phone. Now all his text messages were wiped clean, and there was only one thread left on the phone, and it was the thread with Michelle. Yeah, that's weird. Isn't it? Now, I don't think it was their whole text exchange, like, over the last two years, but there were, like, the last few messages that were left on the phone read things like, please answer me. I'm scared. I thought you actually did it. So that's a few of the messages that they've come across, right? Yeah. But as I said, a lot of the other convo had been deleted and they actually could say that she was the last person that he had spoken to. Mm. So the detectives, like, obviously know something is, like, off, like, seems something, you know, a bit wrong here. So they request for the phone records. So eventually more than a 1,000 messages were discovered that were sent on the week prior to Conrad's death and they told, like, a really different story to what everyone originally thought. Yeah. So in July 2014, Michelle's demeanour towards Conrad changed. So instead of urging him to seek help like she had in the past, she started like feeding his suicidal thoughts. Yeah, encouraging. Yes. Yeah. So she started sending him like instructions on different ways he could commit suicide. And texting him the following sorts of messages. Now, we actually should have probably put a, um, like, warning, I guess, before this episode because it could be triggering, but it's the messages are pretty full on. I did put a few in here that I wanted to read. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and read those. Um, so one of them is you keep putting it, pushing it off. You just said you were going to do it tonight and now you're saying eventually. Another message is, I thought you wanted to do this. The time is right and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way. You just need to do it like you did it last time and not think about it and just do it, babe. You can't keep doing this every day. Mm. Okay, so there were even messages that they found from the week before when Conrad had planned to overdose on pills and when he doesn't go through with it, it's like she's pissed off that he's still yeah. alive. Yeah. And she's messaging things like him, things like, I knew you weren't going to try hard enough and I feel stupid and played. Like she feels stupid and played that he didn't go through with it. Mm. Like I, I, you know what though, this, like she's obviously not well. Like this isn't like, yeah. like she's obviously got some sort of mental issues as well for her to, you know Think what I mean? Yes. Or like, it's funny because she was like obsessed with Glee. Yes. And Leah Michelle obviously is like the main character in that. And 
her boyfriend in real life was also the main character and he committed suicide. So part of me feels like she was trying to live out this whole, like, live out Leah Michelle's life. I don't know, like, because everyone describes that she was obsessed with Leah Michelle, like absolutely obsessed. And she would even take lines out of Glee and lines out of interviews that Leah Michelle had done that, like and you know say those things to her friends or to Conrad or whatever. Yeah, she like word for word she word texts word. people this. Yeah, these yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and um, you might get into it later on, but the day that or the day before he or a few days before he was going to kill him, he did kill himself. She had told her friends via text message that she was worried about him and he was missing. Yes. But actually she, on the other hand, she was like, are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? So I feel like she was wanting him to commit suicide for the sympathy because she'd already told her friends that she was worried about him and he wasn't doing it. So she was like, just do it, do it, do it, do it. And maybe that's why she's like, oh, I feel played because she, in yeah. her head she's like, I've told people like how embarrassing if this yeah, doesn't I happen. Yeah, like I need you to kill yourself to go along with my story type of thing. But, you know, I. but that makes me think that she's a little bit delusional. Oh, like, yeah. She's living in her own mind. And do you know what else? Like I feel like because she doesn't see Conrad much and because she doesn't see, like, you know, the TV much, it's like she doesn't realise that he's a person. Like, yeah. Stu- like that's the feel I get. Like, yeah. I don't think she's actually like there's something going on there that he's in her phone and she's watching TV and she just hasn't made those connections. Like, I don't, does that make sense? Yeah, I don't I, know why I get that feel. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Like, I think it'd be very different if she was seeing him all the time and, you know, he went to her school and stuff like that. I feel like this sort of wouldn't have happened this way. Yeah. But because she's living through the TV and through her phone, it's just like, it's like her mind's like muddled up. Yeah. And she was getting attention from her friends when this was happening. This was happening. So it was obviously like heightening everything and she was like getting excited by the attention, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. So the day Conrad died, Michelle started the day by texting Conrad about the plans, like his plans to kill himself Mm. and telling him not to put it off any longer. So one of one of the messages she sent was, "You keep pushing it off, and you say you'll do it, but you never do. It's always going to be that way if you don't take action. You're just making it harder for yourself by pushing it off, and you just have to do it. So it's really similar to like the other like messages she's sending. It's sort of like really repetitive. Yeah, and wasn't it her idea the whole carbon monoxide thing? Yeah, so I I'm quite sure it is. I think that they had gone through like quite a few ideas together and like we have to be open like he was googling ways himself it wasn't just her googling ways yeah and he'd do it he'd tried it four times before yes so So he was actively looking at ways he could do it as well and they were discussing it as like a team like it, it's really bizarre because even he's told her like you're not allowed to tell anyone like like he would be pissed if she told anyone that so he's trusted her with this thing so I think in his mind he thinks she's helping him yeah you know and he's like what about this and she's like oh that might be you know this way might be quicker and this way is for instance like carb- carbon might I can I, this is actually really <laughs> but I cannot say this <laughs> carbon monoxide 
Yes, poisoning. <laughs> She's saying that he's just gonna like fall asleep. Like it's it's pain free because that's what he wanted. So it's just crazy. Yeah. But he did go ahead and obviously purchase like that water pump and all that stuff. He went. I think he actually took it from a family member. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the one who's tracked this stuff down. But she did say, I think they're, you know, available. Like, I don't know the actual store because obviously, like, I can't remember off the top of my head. But, like, let's just say it was Bunnings. Like, and I know there's no Bunnings in America. <laughs> but, like, she would say, like, oh, there's one in Bunnings. Like, you know, you go and get that one. So she was, like, looking for the products for him, you know. So other messages Michelle sent that day included, you always say you're going to do it, but you never do. I just want to make sure it's tonight. Like, sorry, tonight is the real thing. You just have to do it. It's painless and it's quick. So that's what I guess one of his main things was. He obviously wanted something painless. And so she's constantly adding, like, this is painless and it's quick. Yeah. I think um, my, my opinion is that up until this, like, up until this point, I obviously what she's saying to him is wrong, but I I wouldn't call her responsible right now. Yeah, up, up until this point, yeah. Yes, no, I agree. Yeah, and like it, and like and we'll actually let's get into it in a sec because there's a few points that like I I'm not so much confused about, but like I'd love to talk about with you. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they also came across evidence to show that Michelle instructed Conrad to get back in the car yep. after he tried to stop the suicide attempt. And that that's when I think now she's crossed the line. Yes. Yeah. So the fact that he's gotten out of the car and, and regretted it. Like, yes. Yep. And one of the actual like Actually, let's just – I'm just going to read a quick text that she had sent to her friend because I feel like this in particular is her, what – Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Proves her guilt. So she texts her friend, his death was my fault. He got out of the car and I told him to get back in because I knew he would do it all over again the next day. Yeah. Well, my opinion on that is that he would try again the next day because she was telling him to try again. And I think like, you know, we'll probably talk about this, but in court, like they talk about how she maybe wasn't aware of right and wrong and she didn't really understand what was happening. But this text message to me proves that she understood that what she said to him was not right. But there's two things that I want to touch on on this text message, right? Yeah. One is, yes, she texted this, but she's known to be a bit of a liar and wants sympathy and stuff like that. And she didn't text, obviously, him this, and there's no actual record of what they actually spoke about. So it makes me think, like, I'm not saying she didn't say this stuff, but it makes me think, like, she, I, I feel like she's, living in like a fantasy world like is she trying to do this so her friend says no it's okay it's not your fault like is she looking for that sympathy I don't know well she probably is but at the end of the day that text makes you think so you think she definitely that's what I was going to ask you so you think she actually told him you get back in that freaking car yeah 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 I do and especially because she like like she goes on to say that he thought it was working and he got scared and that's why he got out. Yeah. 
But in her mind, can I just tell you, I think she understands right from wrong, but I do think in her mind she thinks she's helping him. Like, that's what I actually think she yes. thinks. Yes. Even though I feel like it, it is completely wrong what she's doing, in her mind I think she thinks that. Yeah, I mean. The reason why I think that is because she keeps – what changed? This is another thing. Which let's just get into it now because we're going to get into the trial and everything. What do you think changed at the yeah. start of July? Yeah, you mean like at one point she was like, "Don't do it, don't do it," and then it was like, "Bang! All right, just do it." And and it wasn't one for two years. She was constantly telling him, "Don't do it. Get help. You're not going to die. You've got so much to live for." So she's constantly being that support for him. What the heck changed in July? That's what I can't wrap my head around. Well, I know like there was a few text messages that insinuated that he could be quite mean to her at some sometimes. Yes, yeah. So I don't know if maybe she had was just a bit fed up with him being mean and thought, you know what, like you are really depressed. You, like you're going to do it at some point. Let's just do it. Which I, I, I agree that if she wasn't involved, I think at some point in his life he would have committed suicide. Yeah, I, that's I don't know. what I think. Have you watched that video of him? Honestly, it breaks my heart. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. And he's talking to the camera. He's full doing like a little vlog just about like living in his mind, like how hard it is. Like he is struggling. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, like this, the car thing is probably the most, like for her to tell him to get back in, that is way across the line. And she is. At that point, she could have called someone to help him. him. Like she knew what was going on. But at the same time, did she? Like that's my argument. I think she's fully living in a fantasy, like with that Glee stuff. Like she thinks like – and the reason – sorry, can I tell you? The reason why I think this is because the message message she sent him after it was done. And the message was, I actually thought you did it or I actually thought you went through with it. Yeah. Like, and that shows that she actually doesn't, like, she's got some sort of Like, she thought it was all reality. Yeah. Yes. Look, mm. I don't think she thought that one, obviously, that she'd be held responsible. But in her mind, she's thinking if he didn't want to do it, he wouldn't have got back in the car. That's mm. what she's thinking. Like, I'm telling him to get back in and this will prove that if he doesn't do it, then he's got to get help. Because there's other messages she says, if you're not going to do it, I'm getting you help. And there's messages like that. Yeah. I mean, and, and then the defence's argument in court was that she, because she was obviously on some type of drug for her mental health as well and that because she was a bulimic, that the mixture of the, like, bulimia and the drug made it, I think, what did they call it, involuntary intoxication or something? Yes. So so we'll get into that in one moment because they actually had a psychiatrist testify regarding the antidepressants that Michelle was on. Mm, yeah. And the interesting thing of all is I'm quite sure that she actually had switched to different medication. Yeah. In those, within those months. Yeah. Which makes me think, like, could that be... I'm not saying the blame is off her because obviously the blame is on her, but could this be a contributing factor? Possibly, but I also think like she was, at, what was she, 17 or 18? Yes, oh, exactly. They wouldn't have given her, a, like I don't think her dosage would have been high enough that it would have changed her personality that dramatically. 
But you know what, right? So actually, let's just get into what the, the psychiatrist testified at, at the um, trial. So apparently, so this is not long before Conrad committed suicide. She was prescribed these new antidepressants mm. and she testified testifies that drugs like cell I can't even pronounce this cell, yeah yeah so this just disrupts the frontal lobe function yeah and that the young brain is more susceptible to harm and this could have messed with her ability to empathize with others and make sound decisions yeah you know and you know if if she was on these for a long time then I'd be like, nah. But if she, let's just say she started taking these in June and then her behaviour changed in July, I think that's a direct color, color I can't even say that word, colorate. Like, yeah, I know what you were trying to say. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, I feel like that does sort of show that this has messed with her mind a little bit if for two years she was telling him not to. Hmm. I mean, my, my thing is like... Yes, whatever, like the conversation she's having with him. The thing that gets me is the simultaneous conversations she's having with other people at the same time. Yeah. That that proved to me that she had some type of story in her head that she was trying to get to actually happen. And the fact that she was telling some people that she he was missing and that she was getting all this sympathy when, in fact, she knew that he was dead, um, like that to me is wrong. Yes. And the fact that she regardless of whether you know she had these kind of issues because of the medication I think if there was any point that she truly thought that he was out of the car like any normal person would get help medication or not I think yeah and not only but not only that but even while she's this is another really big point and if this is true then that is really effed up that she was actually on the phone to him while it was happening yeah and that that's something that like I just I just don't know how like even a seventeen year old girl this would not like I, do you know what I mean like wouldn't the first thing you like I don't know want to save them like I just find this crazy yeah it's very it's yeah and I don't think we'll ever know like she's never really talked about this, this in yeah. the public at all we don't know why she was thinking it and even monkey was watching these documentaries with me and the only thing he wants to know is why like what was her purpose well that's and it's we'll never know because it's only what she's always like I, what what's wrong with her yeah like oh i want to understand why she was saying these things but that's why i think this is just my mind i think she's actually delusional and whether that's i think it's because he's not even though he's real to her with texting and stuff she doesn't see him as, as a person. As a person I agree on her that. phone. I, I agree that, with that. Yeah. That's, and I think she's gotten some sort of, whether it's the medication that's made her mind a bit loopy and she's making up things in her mind with Glee and with him and with, the you know, the actual people at school aren't being her friends. And she's like, oh, this happened on Glee and look how much everyone was, mm. you know, was giving, uh, was it Sarah, was it Michelle? Le- Liam, Liam, Michelle. Liam Michelle. Yeah. yeah. Look how much attention she's getting. Like I want that. And, you know, like I, there's just, I honestly think there's something going on. And I, I don't know why if that, med- if, for instance, she started that medication in June, I'm not saying she's not responsible, but I think that could contribute to what the heck happened. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe she was thinking these things before and the medication just brought it all to the surface. Yeah. Because it was clear before June that she had some issues and she was an attention seeker and she was a bit of a liar. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else? I feel like she wasn't living in reality. Like that's actually what I think. No. And her reality was she wasn't popular so she was trying to get that you know, attention, popular sort of thing. It's just insane. But let's actually quickly just talk about her being um, indicted and a bit of the trial. Mm. Yeah. Michelle Carter was indicted as a youthful offender on February 4th, 2015 on charges of involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. So they actually indicted her as a youthful uh, offender instead of a juvenile. Yeah, and this was the th- a first. Like, yes, the state of Massachusetts had never seen anything like this before and I think they had to go to a judge to determine whether they could even charge her with a crime. Yes, and that's because in, I'm pretty sure it's the law in Massachusetts. I can't even say I've got, <laughs> I've got struggling with words today, sorry, everyone. But I'm quite sure that there's no actual law of assisting a suicide. Yeah. Uh, but they obviously wanted to charge her or they wanted to sentence her, sorry, as an adult. And that's why they went with the youthful um, offender. Like that's why she was indicted as that. And she was only 17 at the time. Yeah. So this was largely known in the media as the texting suicide case. Yeah. So interestingly, Michelle waived her right to a jury trial. Yeah, which I think was a smart decision. I was going to ask you about that. I what do you think was. of that? I think it was very smart. Because you think the people would have just been like, like as in like the jurors would have just seen like red when they read her messages? Yeah, I, I think that a jury would have. I mean, she did get found guilty, but I think um, the would have been, been harsher. Yeah, yeah. yeah it would have been harsher. Yeah, so the case was only heard by a judge. Yeah. And I, I you know what? I can't get over the way she appeared in court, even her first day, mm. the way she was dressed. Like, can I tell you, she was looked completely different yep. to when she was originally charged. Mm. So she was, obviously she looked older. She was tall. She was skinny. She was tan. She was wearing heels. She had cut off a bit of her hair and she had wild eyebrows. Like she mm. looked like a different person. Yeah. But I don't think her look did well for, like, as in, I don't think it. It made I, her look crazier, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Why? Like, I don't understand why they didn't. She was only, um, I think she was only 20, actually. Yeah. When she went to trial, actually. Yeah, she would have been 19 or 20. 19 or 20, yeah, when she yeah. went to trial. And I just find it insane that they didn't make her look younger and innocent, like, she really, I don't know, the look just didn't help her case Yeah, at I don't all. think so, yeah. So her lawyers argued that uh, her texts were free speech, protected by the First Amendment, and tried to have the ch- uh, charges dismissed by the court, but they disagreed, ruling that, quote, it was apparent that the defendant understood the repercussions of her role in the victim's death. Yep. Prior to his death, the defendant sought, apparently unsuccessful, to have the victim delete the text messages between the two, oh. which is what you were saying. So she 
actually wanted him to delete the text. So which means that it like she understood, yeah. What she was doing was wrong, which is crazy. Yep. So it was also stated in a police affidavit, it is believed sorry, that Carter acted in this way because she was planning to continue to encourage Conrad to take his own life. So as a result, she was beginning to put together a plan to get sympathy from her friends, Yeah, which was evident because at this point she'd already started explaining that it's her fault that Conrad is dead, even though he was still alive and speaking and texting with her regularly. Exactly. See, she's living in some fantasy world. Yeah. I think as well, like um... – because she was texting his family saying, where is he? She knew where he was. Yes. So that to me, again, is also wrong that she was stringing the family along as well. The, oh, you know I, what I mean? You know, I have, I feel so bad for his family because imagine for six months, you know, they didn't find out until six months after. Yeah, all about these stuff. texts. Yeah, yeah. So she was imagine like texting them, hanging out with him. Like his mum seems to be like, all right, she, there's weird and it's red flags, but she's young. Maybe she's just grieving. Like, yeah, freaking crazy. So Michelle Carter was convicted of involuntary manslaughter in 2017, yeah. and she was sentenced to two and a half years in prison and five years probation. Yeah, which I agree with. I think this was like the perfect sentencing. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think she deserves to spend 20 years in jail. No. Because at, at the end of the day, he did do it and he tried multiple times before and, like I said, if she wasn't involved in his life, he probably would have tried again at some point. I know, so I, I don't think she is solely responsible for his suicide, but she definitely helped. Uh, you know what else as well? I think her age goes to, like, she's very young. Like, she's 17. Yeah, exactly. So I think, like, the conviction of guilty is correct. Like, I think it's something that she will have to live with. Like, that's the decision that she made. And uh, But I think two and a half years in prison is enough. Yes, well, she only – I don't know if you know, she only um, – so she, they appealed for, like, two years. But yeah. in February 2019, she finally began serving her sentence, yeah. which by then was reduced to 15 months. Yeah. And the rest had been suspended. Yeah. And she handed herself in with another new hairdo. And this one was a bit tough, like a bit of yeah. a rough hairdo. Like, yeah. Full short. I'll post photos. Um, yeah, I feel like not innocent at all. She really looks like. Mm. I don't know. She's ready for jail, you know. So, yeah, someone's given us some bad advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in January 2020, she was actually released yeah. from prison and that was three months early due to good behaviour. Apparently she was like a model prisoner. Yeah. Like she, you know, took part in all the activities. She like, you know, really good behaviour. Obviously that's why she was um, released. She's still on probation though, and this is set to end this coming August 2022. Yeah. I would also say that when she goes back to her normal life, surely she will be going by a different name. Has to. Because she couldn't live a normal life. No. With her name. Definitely. Like everyone not. knows who she is. Yeah. And she's hated. But you know what? There is a massive debate just regarding free speech in this case. Like, that's the main debate, I guess. Yeah. But like you said, I think free speech is definitely like 
as in if it was just the speech side of it and the text messages, it'd be very hard to find her guilty. But the fact that she told him to get back in the car and didn't call for help, that's not free speech. Yeah, no. You know? Yep. Um, And I think as well if there was more to it than maybe like in her opinion that we didn't know, I mean, her lawyers, that's all they argued was that she was allowed to text him what she wanted. If there was more to it, like if they believed the medication argument or yeah. that, she, that he was mean to her or whatever, they didn't argue any of those points. Yeah. I don't so, think she even, like, I, I don't think she'd even told people, like, stuff like, you know, obviously that he was mean to her or things like that. And some of the messages, like, they're saying, I love you to each other. Like, yeah. you know, and there is a point, like, in that two years that she talks about how, she like it's an intense relationship that she wants them to be to get like she wants to get married to him like are they going to get married she like if they have kids they're going to teach them how to like she's going to buy him a little tugboat and teach them how to like you know what I mean they're going to grow mm. up on the sea so she's picturing a future with him that's what's crazy yeah but also back to what you said about how she's living in another reality like her family and his family didn't Don't know, know. That they, about this relationship so it obviously wasn't serious enough like to her to tell anyone about it because I, this was in the the fictionalized tv show so i don't know if this is true but in that show when she finds out he actually is dead she goes to her parents and says conrad's dead and they're like who's conrad yes i freaking saw that so i don't know if that's actually true or not but like i said the the show is quite accurate so i wouldn't be surprised but yeah I don't know. well there's so much on it yeah so i highly recommend the show Lucky? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, go yep. from Plainville and it's on Stan and I think it's a Hulu if you're Hulu, in, yeah. Yeah. Yep. If you're out of Oz. Um there's also a like another like invest uh sorry, investigation discovery did like a sort of doco on it, on her story, and it's called Michelle Carter Love Texts and Death. Yeah. There's also a twenty twenty episode. On, um, I actually listened to the 2020 episode on podcasts. You know, you can listen oh, yeah. to their episodes, oh, yeah. which is amazing. Cool. And then the doco I Love You Now Die is on YouTube. So heaps yeah. of stuff on Michelle. On yeah. 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 On her case. And I'll definitely post some photos and stuff. But let us know what you think. Like, yeah, maybe do a poll because it is very torn. Like, I feel like you could argue both sides and I see both sides, but. I do see both sides, but ultimately I think that she got what the she, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But can I just tell you, sorry, one more thing. Right? You know what I, what I do find? See, I hate stuff when it's not the same everywhere. And yeah. I could not find this um, case. But in one of the, I think it's one of the docos or the podcasts that I listen to, like one of these big ones, they talk about a case how the husband was not convicted for helping his wife commit suicide and he loaded the gun and showed her how to use it. And that is a lot different to this. Yeah. You know, it's just crazy. Like where's like, I don't know, you need some sort of consistency. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but bit, hope, yeah, I don't know. hopefully I think his family are fighting to pass some sort of law regarding assistant, assisted, I guess, suicide in this sort of um, – yeah. Um, like, do you know what I mean? Like this sort of thing. So hopefully that can, like people can understand that they need to be able to help people. And if you're not the right person to help them, get somebody else to help them. Exactly, yeah. Yep. But, yes. Um, yeah, so if you have a case you want us to cover, send us a message on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Caffeine Crime and Canines. Yes. 
and rate, review, follow us on Insta, tell your friends, (laughs) all of that. Yep, all of that. All right, until next week. Until next week. Bye. Bye.